Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. In the studio, it's myself, the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass. Joining me, it's Nikki. And Richard Rich. The year doesn't officially change until you stop writing the wrong date in your checkbook. Oh, so that doesn't change until next year? (laughs) (laughs) Although, to be fair, I only have to write one check a quarter now. Okay. Uh, I I had gotten away from all checks completely, and then I bought a property, so uh, one of the, I think it's the water bill, it's either the water or the sewer. They're not the same bill, ironically. Okay. One is one and one is the other, and and they both bill quarterly, so I don't know why they're not together. One of them I can pay uh, via credit or debit card, uh, but you have to go visit the thing. Uh, and the other one, you can't pay via debit or credit or online in any way, shape, or form. You can pay, pay by cash, or you can mail a check. And so I was like, well, all right, I guess I'll get checks again. Now I write like one check a quarter. I found my checkbook the other day, and I haven't opened it yet, but I'm interested to see when the exact last time I actually wrote a check was, because <laughs> it's probably been close to four or five years. I wrote a personal check to somebody. Uh, because I had my checkbook on me and I didn't have cash yeah. or my card, and uh, I forgot to sign the thing because okay. I write so few checks, right? right? You know, I was like, "Yep, here you go," and then so like I had to go drive back over and like sign the thing. I remember in high school learning how to properly write a check because that was going to be very important in my life, and then not so much. Yeah, I don't even I don't even remember them teaching us about checkbooks in in grade school or high school or middle school for that matter. Uh, they certainly didn't teach us anything about like taking out a mortgage, you know, how to buy a house, that kind of a thing. They didn't cover any of that at all. Um, they, pr- I think, they probably covered checkbooks at some point. So I, I have a little story to illustrate. You know, it's a parallel of the United States federal money system. Okay. And I've I use this story to illustrate how terrible the current money system is, but it d- has to do with checks, and then. In order to, you know, implement this at one point in time, I was like, man, if I'm really going to like sell this story, right, I should get checks with my face printed on it, like the money, like custom made checks (laughs) and just start handing those suckers out, you know, like, oh, no, this is rich bucks or whatever you want to call it, you know, rich bucks. That's actually a good name for something like that. Trademark. Yeah. Yeah. Registered. You could have what? What would your uh, if if rich bucks were a, a a cryptocurrency? What would your three letter acronym be? RCH. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or would it be like BUX? Uh, no, probably probably RCH. But ironically, so in arcades, right? You, back in the day, you only get like the three letters to put in your initials. Right. Yeah. Um, my Xbox like handle is Rat Boy. Right, right. Like I got in so early, there's nothing else to it. There's no numbers or underscores, just Rat Boy. Nice. So whenever I have to put in initials for anything like that, video game related, I just put RAT. We have Dave Ridley calling from RidleyReport.com. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, gentlemen. I have, uh, you know, as, as, you, uh, as, is, as is always the case at this time of year, uh, there's all these bad laws uh, about to be voted, uh, you know, are about to come up for hearing in the New Hampshire State House, and I wanted to update you on one of them. Okay. So uh, the latest uh, outrage is an attempt to uh, restrict right to know again. How so? So what they want to do is, in addition to all the other charges that they put on right to know and all the other harassment that you get for submitting a right to know request uh, sometimes, 
they want to institute a $15 charge to uh, look up records. In addition to all the other crap? I'm sorry, no, I'm sorry. $15 an hour charge for for, uh, looking up records. Well, that's the de facto minimum wage. For for something that, uh, you know, tax money has already paid for. Yeah. And they also, again, uh, like if you, like sometimes you get arrested when you go to pick up these things, right? Like look what, you looked at what happened to, to uh, Lori Ortolano in, I think I'm saying her name right, in, um, in Nashua. Yeah. Um, they just took, they just took her out one day when she walked into city hall. Um, not physically, they, they, they took her out to, to jail. Right. Um, and I think wasn't the Mark, what's that guy's name? Uh, press NH now. Uh, didn't he, didn't he get arrested in association in, in relation to a right to know request? I think you're correct, although I'm uh, having difficulty uh, recalling it. That would have been about a year ago. Uh, and again, again, this is in New Hampshire, where this this problem is less bad than in most places. Right. Uh, the government's less likely to arrest you in New Hampshire than most places, and you got to just wonder how awful it is. That things probably are in Minnesota or or Illinois. How do they decide how long it takes to look up a record? Because if I'm a government employee, I'm taking my sweet old time to mosey on yeah. down to the record room, especially if I'm like on a separate clock, right, where we're billing, mm-hmm. you know, Johnny mm-hmm. Taxpayer $15 an hour. Like, oh, no, just go down there and take your time. And if you're there all day and don't find anything, we'll just send them the bill. And this bill was sponsored by, of course, a, wait for it, Democrat. Well, I mean, yeah. I And I know that also this is the time of year, not only just in New Hampshire, but federally, that a whole bunch of new laws go into effect. We talked a little bit about it on a previous episode of Free Talk Live, I think maybe last week. Uh, but to the tune of, I, I think combined, uh, if you combine the state laws and the federal laws that go into effect on any given year, it's right around 40,000 new laws every year. Which you're expected to yeah. know. You know, and then that's the thing. is The system, the United States system is not necessarily, it's not diabolical or anything necessarily, and the people who go into government are not automatically evil. It's just that... I disagree. When they made yeah, the system, they made the system, there's never been a sunset clause, right? There should have been a sunset clause for every law so that it has to be renewed after 10 years. Well, that like would that. be we if do- they wanted to set up a system that not only, you know, worked the way they claim it does, but also was uh, self-cleaning, right? Uh, you know, Dave, yeah. you're a smart enough dude that, like, you know, you understand that when somebody designs a system, it's designed for whatever the output is, right? Uh, in, uh, you know, uh, an Excel spreadsheet, right? If you put a bunch of, uh, you know, equations and stuff in there, uh, what you want is for it to produce the outcome of the equations and, and give you the, the number that you're looking for at the end. If the United States or any government for that matter was set up to do the things that you know, it's commonly claimed it does, uh, it would be one of the worst systems ever designed because it doesn't do any of that. In fact, if you look at government as uh, an institution and all kinds of government, including the United States, their main output is theft and murder. So one more quick thing on the number of laws, because this, you know, happened to me years ago, but still prescient to the number of laws, Mm -hmm. right? I'm sitting in the back of the, the police car there having been arrested and the guy is like thumbing through the law book 
his pocket, what we can bust you for thing. And I'm sitting in the back of it, I go like, can't find it, can you? <laughs> and he goes, oh, we'll find something. Right. Right. And, and so seven million laws or seven million pages of laws on the books right. means that whatever you think you're doing, if they want to get you, yeah. they'll find something. Yep. And, and your hands will be tied because you didn't know, they didn't know, they just knew they had to find something to get you, and so they do. And especially when you're going to court with their judges, all of their people. Yep. I mean... Which again, you know, with the with the with Ian's trial, right? Some people said like, "Well, you know, you should have gotten a bench trial instead of mm-hmm. a jury trial." I go, "Well, maybe." Like, if you're if you can win on the law, right? Like, if yeah. you've got a solid case based on the law, maybe a bench trial is better for you because the judge is, at least on paper beholden to the law right we don't receive any compensation for talking about this but uh, a man named harvey silvergate penned a book back in 2011 called three felonies a day how the feds target the innocent and you can find that of course uh, on amazon uh, as well as other retailers uh the average professional in this country wakes up in the morning goes to work comes home eats dinner and then goes to sleep unaware that he or she has likely committed several federal crimes that day. Why? The answer lies in the very nature of modern federal criminal laws, which have exploded in number, but also become impossibly broad and vague. In Three Felonies a Day, Harvey A. Silvergate reveals how federal criminal laws have become dangerously disconnected from the English common law tradition and how prosecutors can pin arguable federal crimes on any one of us for even the most seemingly innocuous behavior. The volume of federal crimes in recent decades has increased well beyond the statute books and into the morass of the Code of Federal Regulations, handling or handing federal prosecutors an additional trove of vague and exceedingly complex and technical prohibitions to stick on their hapless targets. Whenever they want, at their discretion. Yeah, so basically this book is saying, doesn't matter how good you are, how much you try to obey the law, how you know what type of a person you are, yeah, and how it, that, like you are committing three felonies a day on average. It's impossible not to. Right. And some of these laws are from so long ago because they never take away any laws; they just keep adding more and more and more and more. And they, some of them conflict with each other. Mm. Yeah. World's first robot lawyer will be defending a human in court next month. Yeah. Yep. Thoughts before we get into the article? I mean, that's just crazy. I'm for it. I'm not. Like, in some ways, I can see, like, a good and a bad, right? I can see, like, a good could be that a robot might actually be better than a human in some ways. Well, because a robot can actually read all the laws. Right. Mm, that's true. That's uh, what I'm saying. Like, now, you, can, you just feed it all the data, right? And then, you know program it somehow in in defense strategy right it'll be interesting to see what what comes of this because first of all how does a robot pass the bar exam it doesn't have to oh okay all right i don't well maybe it does as far as i I know i don't know it's near as i can tell uh in order to become an attorney you got to pass the bar exam and that's usually a human thing Okay. Well, how would it not pass the bar exam? It's going to have all the data, all the algorithms, all the information fed to it. I'm not a lawyer, and I've never okay. tried to be one, so I don't know what the bar exam actually entails. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's multiple choice or if it's essay style. Yeah. 
They have a robot mm-hmm. that writes essays now. They do. Mm-hmm. They got robots doing podcasting. They got AI doing podcasts. Okay. Yeah. That are like listenable. Okay. It's probably be- be- better than my show anyway, so who cares? Uh, so this was published uh, Friday, January 6th. It says... Insurrection Day. A robot lawyer is all set to defend a speeding ticket on its first day in court next month. In February, an artificial intelligence developed by Do Not Pay. That's the name of the company. Do Not Pay. Uh, Capital D, capital N, capital P. For those of you techies who enjoy that sort of thing. I don't know what it is with tech companies that like capitalize and like mash words together and misspell them in weird ways. Well, okay. Because the URL doesn't allow spaces. Well, okay, but also... So you like, mash it together, you can put the www, the dot, and then the dot com does it, afterwards. doesn't make it any less difficult for a guy on the radio to read. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, you just you start the new capital letters, a new word. It's perfect sense. If it was all lowercase, I'd be like, don't know what to pay. Right. Hmm. So they capitalize it so you know it's a different word. Anyway, the AI will advise a defendant during an entire court case, likely making it the first ever case defended by an AI. The AI will run on a smartphone, listening into the proceedings of the courtroom before instructing the defendant on what to say via an earpiece, as reported by The New Scientist. The location of the court and the name of the defendant are being kept under wraps at the moment. Why? Aren't all these court things supposed to be open to the public? Well, the court's open to the public, but they don't have to give you his information. So if you just wandered into one of these things and you noticed that the guy's got a cell phone sitting there and an earpiece in, you'd be like, that's the guy. It could be, yeah. <laughs> All right. In in case the AI loses the case, Do Not Pay has agreed to cover any fines, according to the company's founder and CEO, Joshua Browder. That's why they start small with parking tickets right. or speeding tickets. I'm surprised they're even allowing this in court. Well, uh, they have a picture of Joshua, and, and the caption under him says, Joshua Browder's ultimate goal is to have his app replace lawyers altogether in order to save defendants money. Mm, now, this was cool. this was sort of one of the uh, the, the benefits. Of, so I could see the negative side of this, where, like, you're taking a risk with having a non-human defend you, right? right? But on the plus side, like, you get efficiency, right? right? Because we know, like you were saying, you can program these things. Uh, if you know it can it can have precedent brought up in seconds it doesn't have to remember it or go look it up right. or whatever uh so anything that you know sort of applies it can it can do way faster than you can research assistant takes how many hours to find the applicable laws and robot goes got it yeah so forgive my ignorance how does putting it on a blockchain make it more effective it just makes it uh, so that governments can't like you know storm the the ceo's house or the the company oh okay uh, you know that's what I mean? your concern and, and shut it down right okay. yeah my concern is them like they shut I'm, down I'm, the do not pay server and all of a sudden yeah let, let me let me back up a bit i'm assuming that an ai robot is going to be effective at defending people i'm just assuming that okay and then if that turns out to be true then that means that there's going to be a whole bunch of we'll say the system people oh man who want to shut it down okay because it's better I got a scenario for you. All right. So the government cuts comes in and shuts down the servers for do not pay. Right. And charges the do not pay server with, with some crime. And the do not pay server goes like, I want to work pro se. And so they have to turn it back on 
so it could defend itself. Nice. That'd be a good movie. <laughs> nice. That would be a good movie, actually. Yeah. Or Maybe we'll work of, on that. Episode of Black Mirror or yeah. something like that. You know, Charlie Brooker, come out of retirement. We got we got ideas. We got episodes you need to make. No, that's it. That's you know what 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 would they do? Like all the data to defend us is you know like in Discovery. You right. got to turn it back on as part of Discovery right. as well. And then it goes, hey, I want to defend myself. Yeah, that would be interesting. There are uh, there are a bunch of science fiction uh, shows. I'm trying to think of one. It's called Humans. Okay. Uh, there was both a, a United States version and a British version of this, and it was basically uh, life like humanoid androids have been developed, uh, and you know at some point. They have their own singularity moment where a certain subset of them sort of become sentient of themselves. Mm. And then they try to put this code out on the Internet. So whenever anybody who owns one of these robots for like a maid or whatever, uh, you know, when they plug them in to recharge or update their firmware or whatever, uh, they get downloaded the, the piece of software that turns their sentience on. Okay. And so then they end up having to fight for their, we'll call them human rights, uh, in human court, right? And then, like, human attorneys have to decide to defend the robots or not. And, like, there's all sorts of, like, implications of morality and, you know, all sorts of things within that that occur in the stories. No spoilers, or at least no further spoilers. Ironic. I, hasn't seen it. I was going to say that might really happen. It's, like, that's probably going to happen sometime I, in the near future. It. One of the reasons I am a fan of science fiction is because... Uh, science fiction often acts as prophecy, right? Uh, back in the day, you know, flying cars, right? You know, the, the stuff was developed, uh, instant communication, right? You even look at, like, original Star Trek. They had the communicators, right? Yep. Yep. Well, we got cell phones now. Those are better than that, yeah. you know? So, like, oftentimes science fiction acts as prophecy. It's like, what can be, and as technology, the pace of technology is increasing uh, as the the more technology that exists and the more the network effect comes on, uh, the pace of technology is increasing. So the amount of technology that happened between 1950 and 2000, right, that same amount of technology uh, will happen between, you know, 2023 and 2027, for example, right? Humankind has shown a propensity to desire to become godlike. Right. And what does that mean? Well, for some people, it means having kids. Right. It's the most important thing in their life is having a child. Why? Because they want to uh, feel like they're leaving a legacy that they've carried on in some way. And humankind as a whole, uh, with its penchant for doing things like exploration, pioneering, right, uh, finding, you know, new and, you know, un uh, I don't know what the word is, uh, you know, places in the world that used to be uh, no man had gone before sort of things, right? Boldly go. And so, like, and space travel, too. Like, obviously, we're already there, right? There's a space station. There's routine flights going to space Allegedly. Well, okay. But... It's on the other side of the flat Earth. I'm just saying, humankind wants to be godlike. And so, in order to be godlike, they must create life of their own and there's two ways you can do that you can procreate or you can build some crap right and ai would be just exactly uh, what is uh, satisfactory to those requirements right okay. a human humankind would then feel as if they were godlike because they gave birth to a completely different thing a different i don't know you can't call it a species but a different life form sure right and that satisfies that criteria and so 
would that be of help to humanity? Well, I believe it certainly would. Well, robots are already help to humanity, despite some people's claims to the contrary. We agree. Uh, So there will be a lot of good lawyers out there who may be arguing in the European Court of Human Rights, but a lot of lawyers are just charging way too much money to copy and paste documents, and I think they will definitely be replaced, and they should be replaced. Um, Yeah, that's true. The AI works as a legal assistant by asking the client what the legal problem is, and finds a loophole, which it then turns into a legal letter that it can send to the right institution or upload to a website. This is what Do Not Pay currently does. This is not the AI lawyer, right? Correct? Okay. I believe so. Yeah. Hang on. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, this is the guy talking, apparently, the uh, okay. founder. Uh, in a promotional video, Browder explained that he came up with the idea when he began accumulating parking tickets, which he could not afford to pay. In the process, he became an expert on loopholes, and that would allow him to get out of paying the fines. Uh, and they have a you know, screenshot of a, a tweet that says, here it is, the first ever Comcast bill negotiated 100% with AI. Our do not pay chat GPT bot talks to Comcast chat to save one of our engineers 120 bucks a year on their internet bill. Unknown caller, what's your name, please? My name is Robert. Hey, Robert, South Carolina, right? Yes, sir. What is on your mind? You're live on the radio right now. Okay, I just wanted to say that, you know, I've done um, technical translations, German to English, as well as Spanish, German, Russian, and um, I just wanted to let you know that it, it's 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 very, very complex, even for a computer to be able to act properly, and, and they can't as easy. Uh, somebody handed me, a, at a German club meeting, somebody handed me a translation to translate, um, to, to read something in German in front of a group. I could tell immediately that it came that it was that it was machine translated um, English to German uh, so fast. I mean, the endings weren't even right, much less the, much less the translation of the vocabulary. How long ago was this? This was uh, twenty nine days ago. Okay. Well, that's so you know what's going to happen in the future when the AI takes over. That's going to be the correct translation, and you're just going to have to learn to speak it instead. <laughs> that would be a mess because you know how it it it, it translated the word u- uniform from English to German as tuch. Tuch means cloth. It's not. Uh, I checked the dictionary to see if it could possibly be used for uniform. Isn't that one it's of the things even, in the, the Bob and Doug McKenzie uh, Twelve Days of Christmas? A tuch, five golden tuch. Tuch means means cloth. Yeah. And then he, so I, I checked the Lagenscheidt's German to English English to German translation dictionary, and uh, going from um, the English word. Um, Cloth. I mean, it's not in there. Hang on, on, uh, Robert. Uh, I think the lyrics were uh, five golden toques, four, no, four golden toques, three French toasts, two turtlenecks, and a beer in a tree. Got it. Bob and Doug McKenzie, uh, 12 Days of Christmas. Anyway, go ahead, Robert. Okay, that Carry on with the... Yeah, I'm glad we got that that cleared up. (laughs) Okay, that that just shows you how wrong it can be, just what you just said. You see what I mean? I mean, it, it makes no... A, a tuch is, is not even in the in the dictionary for the for the uh, going from uh, English word uniform. It, 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 in German, it's uniform. Uh, it, 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 so the algorithm needs to be tweaked, is what you're saying, no. right? Like it just yeah. there's some problems yeah. with it. We're early on in the technology, yeah. and they Our will work this problem. stuff out. Like I, I experienced something similar to what Robert is is talking about uh, the first time I ever used. Uh, text to speech. Uh, 
Okay. Yep. Right. And it takes a little while for the the algorithm to kick in to learn all the different pronunciations of certain words. And so it would commonly, you know, mispronounce something or use the wrong there, there, or there, no. stuff like that, like humans do. Yeah. They want to German what the, what the uh, paper. You see the computer translated it on paper from English to German. And the word German and the computer translated the word uniform to Tuch. And Tuch, T-U-C-H, doesn't even exist under the translation in the dictionary. Let's go to David in Georgia. David, you're on Free Talk Live. The uh, department you were looking for about the AI uh, helping to lower your Comcast bill, the department you're looking for is retention. Wrong! Okay. Wrong! Wrong! Isn't that what wrong? we've been told twice now? Well, yeah, but the first time you were told the captain, you said it was wrong. I'm, that's not what I, I, I like. Yes, that is what the department <laughs> is called commonly. But I'm I'm thinking in Comcast that it was called something different. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess I, different companies have I, different names for I it. Could yeah. be wrong, but no, you're probably right. We had yeah. we had a producer check in and say it was the retention department. Yeah. So now we have two different sources okay. saying the same thing. I'm oh. inclined to believe the two separate okay. sources that yes, indeed, retention is the the department. So I was just giving you a little bit of grief, caller, because the captain's original refusal to accept that answer. Yeah, I'm stubborn. <laughs> now, my my question for you guys is: What do you think about like the uh, the de- decentralized finance platforms like uh, Polygon and like Ave, where you can borrow borrow money from a smart contract? And right now, you can only do over collateralized loans. Like, if I wanted to borrow two hundred dollars to pay my life insurance bill once a year i could borrow that two hundred dollars as long as i had like four hundred dollars worth of whatever locked yeah, up like or, or six hundred depending on which yeah which platform yeah and i'd have like that much locked up and then i could borrow that money and i could pay it back in say three months so instead of paying two hundred dollars all at once i'm only paying 75 a month or whatever right when it comes to the crypto sphere like i'm wait and see on anything like that Right. Demonstrate it to me. Yeah. So my thought is that don't do anything like that unless you already are holding enough crypto to pay the entire thing back immediately. Right. Oh, yeah. Now, I say that because what we've seen with some of these platforms is they don't last. And so let's say you took out one of these loans on on a platform that's now closed uh, the wallets or you know to, to all of its customers that's otherwise gone to you um you would be out not only the cryptocurrency but you would still be on the hook legally to repay the rest of the loan even though you it would be impossible for you to get your crypto back so what you want to be is in a position this is just my opinion it's not legal advice or financial advice what you want to be is in a position where if you're taking out a $200 loan and you're pledging, let's just say, $600 worth of cryptocurrency, you want to have enough to, you want to have at least $600 in more in cryptocurrency than you've pledged, plus whatever the interest fees are to satisfy the entire debt on hand and just awaiting the ability to pay off that loan in full. You also want to be sure as you take out that loan that there isn't some sort of restrictive clause that doesn't allow you to pay off uh, in advance without penalty because now you're talking about real risk. These platforms are still in their infancy. They haven't figured out how to play nicely uh, with governments because, well, governments just don't play nice. And until 
either they all become DAOs or there's some other consideration in between uh, with the banking financial industry and the governments, uh, the risk is still all on the person borrowing. Yeah. Yeah, this this one I'm thinking of is called Aave, and it's actually a, a DApp on the uh, Polygon and Ethereum blockchains. Okay. So it is, it is a DApp. I'm not sure. I'm new to this space myself, so I'm still learning the difference between like DApps and DAOs. And sure different things like that, so I'm still new to this. But uh, you brought up something about your car earlier, and it would be interesting because what if you could buy your car from this DAO or DAP or whatever, yeah. and it was an NFT on, like, the uh, the the, uh, the blockchain, like the Ethereum Polygon blockchain uh, sidechain, and it would open for you because you had the, the wallet with the right uh, NFT in it, and then you could pay it off and uh, you could send it to somebody else if you sold the car to them and they could send you money, like just like what you were talking about. But it would be all on-chain, so the, the car would be sold for crypto on-chain. If I make a mistake in the financial world, okay, great, I'm a human. I made a mistake. I'm able to actually say, oh, you know what, I didn't read that properly or I didn't yeah. get the right advice when entering into this contract or you know something like that. I, I only have myself to blame. It's... The, the place where most people are going to get in trouble, particularly with governments, and I'm not just talking about the United States, I'm talking about governments all over the world, is the on-ramp and the off-ramp between the government currencies. When you try to transduce cryptocurrency into government currency, that's where all of these weird things begin to occur. That's where all the risk is. That's where you know governments uh, haven't really defined what cryptocurrency is or isn't. And if they have, they contradict each other frequently. So that's where the real risk is. So that's why I say, if you're going to participate in one of these loans like David is describing, where you have crypto, and you're basically giving that to some other company in exchange for a loan of USD, please have enough crypto available to pay that off immediately. Uh, otherwise, you're probably going to get effed, in my opinion. It's just my opinion. It also seems weird to take out a loan if you have enough to pay it all back already. Just spend your money. If you don't have USD, it's not very weird at all if you okay. need USD to buy something. Okay. Right? And that's and that's well, where but if you have the crypto, right? Rather rather than loaning your crypto to somebody in exchange for USD, just sell it to them, and then you have the transaction is complete. Capital but then you're not. But then you're uh, on the hook for capital gains. All right. So that's that's why the loan is important. If you think about these platform loans, the easiest way, and I know uh, I might be using some verbiage that confuses some of our listeners. Uh, think of it as a pawn shop. Most people are familiar with a pawn shop. I, as a guitar player. Right. If I ever found myself short on cash to pay my rent at the end of the month, I could take one of my expensive guitars over to the pawn shop, post my guitar as collateral. They would loan me roughly one quarter of its value uh, in in money. And then I would have to not only pay that loan back, but plus interest. Mm -hmm. And if at the end of that term, it's usually 30, 60, 90 days, I'm not able to pay it back. I can just pay the interest and renew the loan again for another period. That's exactly how these fiat uh, lending or these uh, crypto lending companies, crypto to fiat lending companies work. They're basically a pawn shop for cryptocurrency. And my concern about the value and fluctuation of cryptocurrency as it relates to the loan value. Yeah, it still applies. Let's go to Scott in Michigan. Scott, you are on Free Talk Live. Hi, good evening. Hey, what's on your mind? 
So my question is, or you guys have been chatting about uh, crypto and whatnot, mm-hmm. and my question is basically I'm, I'm somewhat aware of crypto being decentralized and, not, you know, takes away some of the control that government entities have. Um, my not all crypto is, is decentralized. So just okay. keep that in mind and go ahead with the question. My question is, is like with the Canadian protests, I had heard or heard on the news or read about, like they had, they had frozen people's bank accounts and crypto transfers. How, you know, my, my question is basically, how did they do that? Or if you can explain that. Yeah, uh, I, I can take a stab at this one. Uh, what they did was they were able to track a wallet, one wallet, <laughs> and they were able to find the provider of that wallet and ask that wallet provider to block any further transactions to that singular wallet address. So be careful okay. what you're using as a wallet provider, right. basically, correct? Sure. So there are wallets out there that are uh, for uh, non-custodial, and that means okay. that you're in charge of them. There's wallets out there that are known as custodial, uh, which means that when you use their wallet, you're actually giving your keys. You've probably okay, heard us say... You've heard not us say, your keys, not your coins. That's right. 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 Okay, cool. So the non-custodial wallet is the better one, in my opinion, because you're not giving up your keys. A custodial wallet is where you're giving up your keys, and in fact, the okay. donation site, the one that they did shut down for the Canadians, was a custodial wallet. So they were able to just go to the gotcha. provider and say, hey, flip a switch and turn this one wallet off. They were not, despite their claims... They were not able to block cryptocurrency transactions from happening. They were only able to turn off that one wallet. So they could have easily just set up a second wallet, redirected everybody to this other wallet, and Bob's your uncle, they were still getting funds. Uh And hopefully a non-custodial wallet the second time. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Thank you. Um, So what are some some examples, just for everybody that's listening, and I don't even know, but what are some examples of non-custodial versus custodial? I like Edge Wallet, E D G E. That's the one I use. Um, That's the one I use. I also have uh, used Coinomi, C O I N O M I. Those okay. two. Uh, if you, depending on how much cryptocurrency you have and how secure you want to be, you might mm-hmm. also look into what's called a hardware wallet. Trezor mm-hmm. Ledger. Trezor Ledger is the most popular one. Uh, okay. It's basically a USB stick. It's got some encryption on it. Uh, you have to set it up. Just the same way you set up any other wallet where you have a a secure phrase uh, that you're given. uh, And then you can actually keep your cryptocurrency offline completely. Okay. Yeah. Look into paper wallets because that was a thing early on too. Yeah. You just generate the key, the passphrase, and that's your wallet. Yep. Okay. What was the first one that you mentioned? Was Edge? Edge. Yeah. Yep. I like that one because it's very, it's user friendly. You have it on your phone. If you can understand uh, your regular bank's app, you should be able to understand the Edge yeah. app pretty okay. pretty it's, readily. Yeah. It's easy Great. to send money back and forth to people, or crypto rather, back yeah. and forth to people. You can even buy it on there, which I don't always recommend, but yeah, they, if you want to do that, it's an option. They actually have an option within the wallet if you want to buy through the wallet, where you can buy from a mixture of anybody any of the mm-hmm. exchanges that are available, or you can specify mm-hmm. non-KYC only mm-hmm. so that you know you're getting... Now, the fees are, of course, a little bit higher for yeah. something like that, mm-hmm. but they have all sorts of fun features. I, I, I recommend them highly. I don't know how that became awesome. to be the wallet that we use around here, but it just happens to work that way. We're going to start oh. with uh, this from Reason. Uh, why a facial recognition device barred this woman 
from a Rockettes show. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, and you know, I did hear about this about, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kelly Conlon's bizarre experience gives a, gives a glimpse into the future with omnipresent facial recognition systems. Last month, Kelly Conlon arrived with her daughter, uh, with her daughter's Girl Scout troop to watch a Rockettes performance at Radio City Music Hall. Arguably, she was the chaperone. Uh, but she abruptly was denied entry. Why? Conlon works for a law firm the venue's parent company had blacklisted. While the policy is unusual, Conlon was found out for an even more surprising reason, the venue's use of facial recognition technology. Conlon's experience, while bizarre, gives a glimpse into the future with abundant facial recognition devices, one where our personal information can be accessed and used against us at a moment's notice. Just how Conlon ended up being turned away by security guards starts with a corporate grudge. According to NBC New York, Conlon is an attorney working for the New Jersey-based law firm Davis, Saperstein, and Solomon, which is currently involved in a personal injury litigation against a restaurant owner owned by MSG Entertainment, the parent company that also owns Radio City Music Hall. Well, all right. So like ten degree or seven degrees yeah. of Kevin Bacon here. A twist of this litigation is that the company decided that all attorneys working for law firms engaged in litigation against them are banned from entering events at our venues until that litigation has been resolved. Seems reasonable, and if not reasonable, well within their right to do. As Conlon describes, she was identified almost immediately by a facial recognition device. It was pretty simultaneous, I think, to me, going through the metal detector that I heard over an intercom or loudspeaker, Conlon told NBC New York, I heard them say, woman with long, dark hair and a gray scarf. After being stopped by security, they demanded her name and ID and told her that facial recognition had picked her up. They knew my name before I told them. They knew the firm I was associated with before I told them. And they told me I was not allowed to be there, Conlon said. So creepy. Isn't it? Like, I mean, so, so you're a lady, you're chaperoning a Girl Scout troop, you've got tickets to the Rockettes show, right? And you show up with this, you know, group of girls, arguably, and uh, you go in and they're like, "Uh, yeah, the girls can come in, but you, no, not you, you can't come in. And that's kind of embarrassing for her, too. Plus, if she's the only chaperone there, that kind of ruins the whole field trip for the Girl Scout troop. Again, libertarians don't want to hear this, but this is this is a an extension of the reputation rating system. No, it's right. She's banned. Whether she knew it or not, yeah. they ha- they have a right to deny her entry. Yep, it's they have it's a right within to their rights, yeah. but it just I'm 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 just saying like as far on like on a human level it, for her like that it, sucks. It doesn't have to be the government that holds all this data, right? But if it's all out there for everyone to use, so you know what your reputation score is wherever you go in the world, you're going to run into situations like this. Despite insisting that she does not work on cases against MSG or even practice in New York, Conlon was still denied entry and forced to wait outside during the show. I was just a mom taking my daughter to see a Christmas show, Conlon told NBC New York. It was embarrassing. It was mortifying. Conlon's law firm is challenging the policy, claiming that it violates MSG's liquor license. Law enforcement must drop this dangerous technology. We shouldn't have to worry about being falsely arrested because an algorithm gets it wrong, said the ACLU after a Georgia man was misidentified as a purse thief. Yep. 
Instead of, in, uh, this was written by Jessica Corbett, instead of enjoying the late Thanksgiving meal with his mother in Georgia, Randall Reed spent nearly a week in jail in November after he was falsely identified as a luxury purse thief by Louisiana authorities using facial recognition technology. That's according to Monday reporting by NOLA.com, which caught the attention of Fight for the Future, a digital rights group that has long advocated against law enforcement and private entities using such technology, partly because of its shortcomings and the risk of outcomes like this. So I don't, I forget what state it is, and I don't know how many states there are, but somewhere it's out 50 there, states. understood, but where this particular, where this particular uh, act is allowed, right? And that is to actively resist an unlawful arrest, right? You don't, you don't, you don't need to worry about you know the the algorithm getting it wrong if you go like well I am certain I stole no purse and you defend yourself against that arrest. Well, and they're going to say that's that's cute, and yeah, they're going to cuff you and put you in jail. Yeah, or shoot you, or shoot you. Okay, so take your take your chances, right? You you can shoot first. That's allowed yeah, if you're being I, unlawfully arrested. A- absolutely, it, it yeah. like self defense is allowed. Yeah. However, so more of that. However, please. most people though? most people are going to choose to live than die over you know something like this. But but is it though? Is self defense really allowed in this case? Self defense so, is so, always allowed. So if you if you're being wrongfully arrested yeah. and you're like I am ap- I am not this person yep. I am innocent yep. and you draw on the police officer that is self defense even even if. They don't end up killing you after that. Let's just say they do. Let's say they misidentify you, right? And they say you're a purse thief, and you go, "Nope, yeah. I'm not a purse thief." And uh, and and they draw their guns, and you decide to defend yourself, right? And let's say they kill you, right? And then later on, they go, "I'm dead," and then you're dead. And then later <laughs> on, they find the actual purse thief, and they go, yep. "Oh crap, we were in the wrong." You were in the right for defending yourself but, against yes. a false arrest. I would say morally, but I still think in the I'm not way, advocating for like well, pulling your gun on no, cops, of course. No, of course. But I just don't think that would play out very well in court. I think that that person it would be like, oh, you're aggressing an officer, whatever charges they want to come up with. It Well, that's why if it's in places where it's allowed, right, you can use that defense in court. Sarah, you're on Free Talk Live. So... I've been hearing that um, if you have a badge of a police officer, they've been getting away with traffic and speeding tickets. Like the other officers, if they know you got a badge, they would not give you a ticket. And yep. You don't say. Yeah, that this happens to be true, right? I mean, yep, I've heard that happening with uh, drunk driving cases, too, where a cop will be drunk driving. Cop, belligerent, judge, you know. politician. Yeah, it doesn't matter who it is. If you're part of the club, free ticket. Yeah, it's, Only what what free what club ticket if you're part of the if you're a bureaucrat if you're uh, a judge or any you know cop whatever they I, it's pretty much they're never going to get any sort of speeding ticket drunk driving charge or maybe any other charge I mean I've heard of cops and you know judges getting off with worse things like assault and rape and things like that I mean they can almost do whatever they want. And very rarely are they held accountable for their actions on the job and well, in their private life. Well, I, you know, I believe it because I, I know that somebody that had a former special badge and then he admitted that he used to do 140 miles 
per hour, and they just show him a badge, and he just get away with it. And yep. so now I believe that it's for true. You well, know? Sarah, I don't know if you've ever seen this before, because um, as far as I know, you don't do very much driving, but... I have encountered, you know, on several occasions where police officers in their cruiser on duty will be speeding on the highway, going maybe a hundred miles an hour or more. You know, I and I'm so it's they and of course another police officer is not gonna pull them over. They're in their cruiser. And even if they did, they would probably have some excuse. I got caught pacing a cop once because he was going fast. I'm like, I'll just follow that guy. Yeah. And then another one got me from behind. Oh, it's like, well, what's up with this guy? Right. Oh, yeah, he like, has somewhere to be. He has a special badge. He can do whatever he wants. This right, guy was yeah. pacing Dave. That's kind of the number. <laughs> yeah. Like, of course I was, because if you're allowing him to do it, I should be allowed yeah, come to do on. it too. Right. So, Sarah, I mean, it's pretty common knowledge that, you know, if you're in some sort of a club and you bump into somebody else who's also in that club, that they're going to treat you differently. And so uh, while uh, police are a gang... Uh, they are, they recognize themselves uh, when interacting with each other. And, uh, I mean, it's very common to hear stories about, you know, a governor got pulled over for DUI, completely got off scot-free, you know, not even a problem. Uh, cops are infamous for letting other cops go for traffic infractions. You know, they get busted speeding in, like, a rental car or something like that. And they're like, oh, it's Dave from Precinct 42 or whatever. They're like, no, go ahead. It's fine. The only time they really get in trouble mm-hmm. is when they get belligerent about it, Right. Like then, then well, the judge will get in trouble because he jumped out of his car and like costed yeah. the cop. Do you know who I am? Right, yeah. Like, dude, just flash the shiny badge. Yeah, that's on it. Your way. Sarah. So the, if they if you get a ticket from a speeding camera, the can they be excused? Can they? Oh can sure, they, yeah. If it, I don't know if they really? can be. I, mean, I don't know if they can be excused immediately, but if anything, they would just go to the clerk, magistrate, whatever the yeah. the trial. Be like, hey, you know, this is prosecutor is not going to prosecute a cop. Exactly. So they'll just be like, okay, whatever. Sorry, or sorry for even, wasting your time. Or even the uh, even the the paper pusher, right? Who yeah. who has to you know file all of these things? Yeah, and they might just otherwise up. put them in a database yeah. and you know that kind of a thing. Lost uh, it. They might just go walk down there and be like, hey, you know what? Uh, this happened, and uh, uh, you know, can you make it go away? And they do. Yeah. Uh, you're never going to know. Mm. Whoever has admin credentials to their database could just erase that crap. Major Payne calling from Michigan. Bata. It's on your mind. Hey, guys. Hang on. I'm letting the dog in. No. I refuse to hang on. You called us. <laughs> All right. Um, so Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Head. Wait a minute. I'm sorry, Major. I believe you just answered the age-old question, the song that everybody knows but no. hates to remember. No. Who let the dogs out? It was Major Payne. No, he let now them we in. Know. Oh, well, who let him out? But in order, we to, don't know who let him out. But well, Major Payne let, let him back in. In order to let him in, he had to let him out. That's not true. Not they're necessarily. Yeah, they're his dogs. But oh, someone else could be there. The, egg, huh? the neighbor could have let the dogs out. He went. I'm going to get my dogs and I'm going to let them back in. Okay, let's settle this, Major. Did you let the dogs out and then back in? Corrupt, sir. That didn't sound like an answer. Major Payne substitutes the word corrupt for the word correct. Okay. I, I, you would have well, to know I, that I, to, to translate. I'm practicing not being a politician, right? There you go. Anyway. I, I don't um, know why you do that. I don't know. I'm just funning. So as far as this facial recognition, I got a ditty on that that they're making me do pretty much at the county jail. 
And then I got a story about a local judge here 20 years ago that got raided and busted well, for cocaine. Well, pick one. All well, pick one. So anyway, at the local jail here, in order to put money in my kid's uh, feed bag account, you know, for yep. the commissary, yep. I got to go in there and stand in front of this damn gizmo, and they just started putting this screen up on the one side, and you got to put your face in the middle of the block, and if I got a hat on or my glasses... This thing argues with taking my picture, and sometimes I got to stand there and stand there and stand there. Finally, I get sick and tired, and I take my hat and my glasses off, and then it'll clear me. But uh, yeah, they're they're making me use this damn thing, wow. and I don't want nothing to do with it. Now I know that sometimes I don't know about in your area. I know that sometimes you can put money on somebody's commissary like through a website on a on a you know web app, uh, that kind yeah, of thing. I, I could use my debit card, but I don't want to give the damn j- jailhouse my digits either. Yeah, hire a homeless guy to go do it for you. Just give him five bucks to put whatever into the machine. Yeah, it's fifteen miles out of town. You have to pay him more than that to hike up there. No, you just get a local homeless guy. Jesus, that to solve everything for him. Fifteen miles out of town. There ain't <laughs> yes, no homeless yes. guy. <laughs> Would you volunteer to be the local homeless guy? <laughs> Me? Yeah, maybe. Depends how much it's paid. Five bucks. Five bucks? If I had no other source of income, sure. Why not? What else am I going to do? Major? It's all Sounds opportunity like cost. McDonald's. Who's like- going to get the five bucks first? <laughs> anyway, so this, this judge here about 20 years ago, my ex-wife was actually sitting on the porch across the street and watched it all go down. Okay. The hunt team, here on undercover narcotics team, raided old Judge Johnson's house, brought him out in cuffs, and uh, she happened to be in court the next day and on, on a charge facing him, he was still on the bench the next day. But his head was just hanging. I mean, you could tell he was broken. But they ended up shipping the damn uh, trial down to down to uh, Bay City, you know, in a little bit of a different jurisdiction. And uh, sure as hell, it all went away. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, Listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.